Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped. It loves a circle with no end. Let's talk about this last night, and he said, happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, and loves a circle with no end. Hello, and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison, for what is the first in our series of the best of Happiness Is podcast. What's been going on? Well, we've got some new episodes coming up for your listening pleasure and for some of you, your viewing pleasure. But in the meantime, what happens at the end of a calendar year? We stick stuff together and we call it a best of. And the first one that we're going to kick off with is the 2014 England Women's World Cup winning squad. We've spoken to amazing people all the way through this first batch of podcasts, and none more so than the wonderful Tamara Taylor, the most capped England international, Rocky Clark, and the woman who seems to be going about changing the face of the game as we know it, Rachel Burford. We're going to put their stories together for you, for me, to get back into the game, and then we'll see you very, very soon for the next batch of pods. My name is Bruce Aitchison from the Happinesses podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Love that. So a World Cup, two two goals and you didn't win it. Was the plan before each of them to win it? Was, I'll tell you was what, that... that would have been nice, would have made things so much easier. But uh, yes, it was very much so. So I got capped in 2003 and went to my first World Cup in 2006, and the experience was epic like I've been with all my sort of childhood heroes and I was now I was now part of the team and I'd been in there for a few years so I got in there sort of socially as well and 
you know, one of the girls used to say, um, you can't speak to you've had 10 caps. I was like, all right. So um, Wench being a bit, um, having a bit of banter or Karen Andrew. Um, and so I was sort of firmly in there and we were out in Canada, you know, really, really tough games. And yeah, we just, we lost to New Zealand in the final and that, that was so hard. And I tell you what, that was one, ironically, the worst days of my life. I felt like my heart had shattered into like a million pieces. And and I was just like, I'm going to the next one and we're going to win this. Obviously, roll on four years. We'd um, we kept quite a few of the squad. There's some of the older states women had, had gone, but we'd, um, we'd regrouped and set. And, and it was in obviously London. And we were like, oh, this is amazing. Home crowds, like... The game had started really getting momentum now and uh, lots of support. I got my 50th cap running out for the first game um, against USA in the uh, opening game in 2010. Had a really good tournament and then played New Zealand. And just in that last little bit, they got a penalty and, and won 13-10. And that was, that was heartbreak, but of a different kind. And that's why I talk about 2014. Because I, I, I would have put my house on 2010 with a one. 2014, I was like, well, there's no more to go. We, we'd done everything we could and we just, we knew we could win, but we also knew about five other teams could win as well. So it was um, it was a case of us just obviously playing each game as it came and, and getting through. And and it was, it was you know, an amazing experience and, and one why I wouldn't, so many people asked me why I didn't retire then. And I was like, well, I love it. I'm still enjoying it. Like, why would I? So I obviously carried on to the 2017 one. And um, unfortunately, we're on the, the the loss that time. But nothing will ever take away the the, the gold medal that I've got. Um, and, you know, one out of four ain't bad. So, yeah, and, and the amazing experiences and things I've achieved along the way and winning Grand Slams and Europeans and things like that. You can't you can't knock it. Have you read Catherine Spencer's book? I've I actually I've ha I've got it on my reading list to, to do, but I'm, I'm so that's no, about. so that's no. no Don't give no, me this no, no, excuse. No. no, she's one of my good mates, and I've got it on my reading list to do. So, fingers crossed, I'll get it. I I must admit, I'm really not a reader, but I I promise, and I will say this publicly, I, I will have read it by the end of the year. But I very much support it. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad. Well, did you pay for your copy? Um, no, I'm waiting for a free one. <laughs> Yeah, so I support it, but I need a free one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, we're, we're getting a real insight into That's the real hard. Rocky Clark here. I, I use carrier bags as boot bags. Come on. <laughs> in that, she talks about she didn't get that chance. She didn't get to go back and win it. And there were there were obviously players from the two previous tournaments who didn't get to to be there did your phone go nuts beforehand with go on do it for me as well or did it go nuts afterwards with uh congratulations i'm so happy did those players stay involved in the process yeah we had um we had quite a lot of the players that had, had come out which was really really nice and and it was really um it was really hard one of our best friends had just been had got all the way up to the tournament and then the the um team had sort of trimmed down and unfortunately she wasn't a part of it but it was amazing to still have her out there Georgina Gulliver one of my best mates and part of the Spice Girls group that's what we used to do as well call ourselves the Spice Girls and muck about but 
um, yeah, and those girls out there, like Amy Garnett, um, some of the old old girls were there, like TJ, um, Jenny Sutton, just and they were like the embrace they gave us, uh, Rob Clayton, the embrace they gave us, like when we got off the off the coach and just like hugged us so tightly because they were so proud because you know some of them lived on with us and Katie McLean's um speech afterwards it wasn't just the you know the 22 that took to the field it was it was doing it for all the players that had gone before us and it and that, that really is true and um I'm hoping although it's very very difficult for those players to to not get that chance equally hopefully they feel something um that we did it for them as well just got shivers in the back of my neck there when you were talking about them giving you the big embrace because I love that emotional connection. So so when you, I hear that and I try and pick those bits out, there's one of them that sticks out for me. Now, I listened to Johnny Wilkinson talk about the World Cup final and he said he would give anything for the last, I think it was 15 seconds of the game because that was the feeling. Knowing we were in control, knowing we were in the moment. When the whistle went... Obviously, you celebrated and you were happy. And I think he was trying to get at that then the feeling was on its way down. How did you feel in those final seconds getting towards that final whistle? Can you remember or is it just all imagining what you felt like? Oh, I felt hugely panicked, stressed and not in control at all. And I remember Canada making a break past the halfway line and I was like, oh my God, we're going to lose it. Even though theoretically we couldn't because there was only like... I don't know, minute or so left and they'd have to score two tries. And um, so I just remember the huge panic and I, I never gave up until that final whistle went. Um, and it was just scrambling panic to get back. Like, oh God, I don't want to be the reason we lose the World Cup. Like, you know, you just um, you, you just gave it everything. And back then we only had one prop on the bench. So I played the full game. And so I was like, hang in. Um, <laughs> but I was like, just keep going. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty epic. Um, I'd probably go 15 seconds after the whistle had gone because the, the initial um, feeling after the whistle had gone was just relief uh, and just thank God we've done it rather than you know pure exhilaration that came after. Um, once once it had sort of gone in, I was running around swearing, going, "We've effing done it! We've effing done it!" But initially, yeah, I think I dropped on my knees and was just like. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then yeah, then all the the um excitement and, and celebrating came. And based on the previous experiences, like you said, it was third time lucky, I suppose. You plan for everything. You plan for if they have the ball in that space, we're here and here's how we defend. If we get the ball to that touchline, here's how we set up. You don't plan for what happens after the final whistle. Yeah, really good point actually, because it it just it just all like carried on this snowball effect. I didn't realise like how big it had got in the press, um, and we were invited to so many things, um, which was just amazing. And I remember my um, forwards coach Graham Smith at the time. He was saying that I'd go to um, the opening of an envelope because I just said yes to everything. <laughs> like, it gave me a load of stick. But I loved it. I, was, I went to a Celine Dion concert. I went to Lady Gaga. I went to Wimbledon. Um, it was just so fantastic. I just had the best time and I, I dined out on it as long as I could. Um, so, yeah, it was it was super. And, and I had my, uh, had my medal on 
for ages. I remember like going up to a coaching session. I had it on underneath my top, and and it was it was just so good to to finally do it. Everything I've worked towards came together in that sort of eighty minute game. And so the the support of your teammates must have been crucial. And and I know only through social media and and speaking to people how close you are with lots of your England teammates who probably live quite far away but because of the experiences you've gone through together you've just become very very close yeah definitely and some of that is about the good times and you know that world cup squad from 2014 it's one of those things that you'll always be connected even if all not all of those people were best friends with each other um but you've still got that connection we actually we've got a whatsapp group i don't think everyone's still on it I think a few people might have left um I put a message on there about um Jamman, our old manager yeah um and I was doing a little chat about her so I wanted to like get a few stories from the girls and what could people remember and then it sort of started this trickle of stories and people reminiscing on stuff and it was so nice to be able to like rekindle some of those memories and and share that and they're the kind of things that when you've gone through certain experiences good and bad with a group of people you can always go back to those people to kind of feel that emotion again. Uh, it's quite a special thing. Oh, it, it must be. And, you know, people like me can can only dream. Would you would you have a Channel 4 nine o'clock on a Thursday night hour long reunion show with all you coming back together? A bit like at the end of Ocean's, an Ocean's Eleven movie where they all sort of walk back in. That'd be amazing. Right, let's. I reckon we need to make that happen. I think that would just be so cool because those stories you've all gone to do. Some of you are still involved in rugby. Some of you have gone to be uh, professionals in other industries. Some of, you know, working for RFU. Somebody like you has been at the top of the world and doing all sorts of other things. It would. Everybody has such an amazing story. The. The professional players, it's easy to track. You know, the England squad of 2003 is is now almost 20 years ago, but they all kept being professional rugby players, whereas you guys have gone to do other things. I think it would be an amazing story to listen to. Right, get that sorted then, Bruce. That's your right. job. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. The, so, the 2010 World Cup was was obviously a big deal because it was so close and didn't quite happen. I I used to say to players there were there were too many sleeps between Saturdays because what if the Saturday had been a poor performance, you know, you could always kind of accept the result if you thought you'd done well, but there was I always felt better after a Tuesday night training because I felt like right we've now had some real chance to input and make that thing better to have to wait four years yeah uh, i mean I, I again i can only imagine what what did that do to the team talks what did that do to the training camps what were you talking about we need to win this or did you wait until a bit like you're saying you were nervous so did you never talk about it until that day or that week or after the semi-final how how did that four years pan out that's quite a big question. How long that is a big question. <laughs> oh, we've got a long time, don't worry. Um, I think I think probably the, the first bit after the World Cup was 
everyone was devastated. You know, you had Catherine Spencer, who was a captain at the time, yeah. who retired not long after that. So for her, she never got that that chance to um, to try and have that like that four year. And I think for some people, depending on the circumstance they were in, it's probably one of those things that hangs over because it was so close. And you know, have you read Catherine's book? Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, it's it's obviously a huge part of not just her rugby life, but her life mm. and all the things that, that could have happened. And, and that's kind of why I asked, because I've, I've read Catherine's book and there's so much in it. And I, she didn't get the chance that others got to not right or wrong, but get the chance to almost put it to bed a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And there's, you know, obviously as, as captain, I think you probably take that a bit harder, but there's, there's a whole bunch of players that that was... That 2010 was there, right, I'm going to do this. This is the one. I think I think for Amy Garner, it was third time lucky kind of thing. Um, and then she retired not long afterwards. So it was, yeah, it was really, really sad for quite a One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Period of time and... Um... It took us a while, I think, as a squad to get back into it. But the good thing was we kept quite a large number of those players. Mm-hmm. So as you kind of build through the seasons leading into the next World Cup, there was this kind of, we need to make this right. Whatever happens, we've got to make sure like we beat New Zealand. For me personally, everything that I did was about beating New Zealand. When we when we beat whoever by however many points, I'd be like, yeah, but would that have been yeah. New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> And if I was training, I used to go um, training at the beach. So there's quite a steep staircase and I'd go and like run the steps and stuff. And I'd be like, absolutely hanging. Yeah. But are the Kiwis doing this? Um, they probably were. I've no idea. But um, I got a bit obsessed with like their top because they've just been so dominant for so long. Yeah. Um, it was just the dream to be like, right, we're going to take them on and we're going to beat them. Like th- this is all that matters. We've got to beat them. So for me personally, it was a little bit obsessive. I'm not sure how everyone else was. <laughs> <laughs> and then to to win the World Cup, I, I listened to a podcast Johnny Wilkinson was on, and and I loved this because until he'd said it, I had thought it but didn't know what to say. What are you talking about, Bruce? He, he said he would give anything to be in the last 15 seconds of the game again because that was not necessarily his happy place, but that was where everything was okay. You know, he was in the middle of a rugby field. It was the World Cup final and he was confident that what they had done was going to pay off in the end. 
more so than the final whistle or the celebrations. And I've I've been in games where I didn't want the whistle to blow. You know, it's that I don't let the music stop kind of idea. What was it for you in 2014? World Cup final, everything that happened four years before, all the work that you'd done, and then it happens. What... Do you know what was going on or can you only know what's going on by reflecting back on it? Um, I know that when the whistle went, <clears throat> I was just, it was overwhelming relief. There wasn't a, we've won the world. There wasn't jumping around Johnny Wilkinson style, like, we've won the World Cup. <laughs> um, I was just like, thank God we've won it away. Thank God we've won it. Thank, oh my God. We have, like, literally just thank God. I think there's a picture of me just stood so a load of the girls have like come together in a huddle and I'm sort of stood like facing away from them and then uh, my roommate Keats, Laura Keats comes over and we have a hug and then we're like we need to join everyone <laughs> um, and like bundle on the back of this pylon um, but even when so Skaz scores that second try and a few people have said oh that's when I knew we could win like I knew we were far enough ahead but even when she scored that, I was like, right, come on. Like, we've just got to keep fighting. Just don't let them in. Don't let them in. Don't let them in to our 22. Okay, they're in our 22. Don't let them pass our try line. <laughs> um, just, just, yeah. I think for me it was, because it was my third one, you know, you have all those those memories from the previous ones and, and games that you've lost. And when you know that you could have or should have won, in, you know, in your head. Um, and I just didn't want this one to slip away. So I think... It was really nice that I was still on the pitch um, to be able to have that maybe that last 15 minutes of feeling like I was impacting it and it was OK. Yeah. Um, because the other all my other World Cup finals, I've been taken off for that last whatever that period of time is and lost and watched us losing and felt really helpless. So it was nice to be able to feel like. I was still there and able to impact if anything, not that anything was going wrong, but if it was, to feel like I could I could try and help. <laughs> and then the, the, the knock on of that, you, you got to go to number 10, you know, you were a, you were a World Cup winner. What, what was the thing or what happened or where were you or who did you speak to when you, you sort of thought, hang on a minute, I'm Tamara Taylor, World Cup winner, and I've just done that thing. When did you have a moment or did it just all flow and seem like, yeah, this is this is how it goes? <laughs> um, it's quite weird because we we obviously didn't have the the sort of like the big fanfare and the open top bus and all that. And I'm not saying you need that, but I think that kind of elongates the feeling of you're a World Cup winner, doesn't it? In the in the kind of public domain. And we we did some really cool stuff that you would never have had the opportunity to do, like go to the prime minister's house um and things like that but in between i went back to work um and a lot of the girls had to go back to work like the teachers and stuff um yeah. so you were almost like it was a strange feeling i wore my medal non-stop for seven days and seven nights um so i was still wearing it on a day i went into work we had this like all i think it was like a north get together of all the, the community coaches <clears throat> so i had it on underneath um and i'm just like almost in the same kit because I was working for the RFU. So I'm almost putting my, my kit back on, <laughs> going into work with my medal on, like, just like tucked in. Um, and one of the boys was super excited and like picked me up and like dragged me into the classroom that we're in. 
and then was like, you're wearing a medal. Like he got super excited, but then I was quite embarrassed because I didn't want everyone to be staring at me and like to cause a big scene because it was work. I was in work mode. Um, So bits like that were, it was just a bit surreal to be like, oh my God, last week I was winning a World Cup and now I'm... Um, but probably the most amazing bit that we got to do was the Sports Personality of the Year Awards. Yeah. Um, I'd watched that like religiously every year as a kid. I just loved it. I loved like, I just loved everything about it. All the good stories that you got, all the, the athletes that got to be celebrated. So when we were there, I was like, oh, we're here. We've been nominated. I was like a proper little school girl wandering around like that's blah blah that's blah blah um and then the fact that we won it was yeah just absolutely amazing to be able to go on stage and and afterwards because you're in a in the after party with all the athletes and like the vips and the special people and normally you're you know you're one of the starstruck people and we were all wearing um the same sort of outfit so we yeah we looked like a team um so when we were wandering around even in our little pods of people afterwards people knew who we were and were coming up and congratulating us. And that was, yeah, that was a really nice feeling to be almost all of us all together. We were only missing one player um, that evening to have everyone back together and have another little joint celebration together. That that wasn't me. I can remember that. And I can remember so many people just willing you to win that because far too often female athletes or teams have been overlooked and to have you all on stage was a real moment for for the sport for rugby for women's sport for it was just such a big deal and i think it's funny when you say behind with all the special people you are the special <laughs> people you were world cup winners that was just outstanding now, oh, uh, the one the other bit i want to talk to you about is england and it obviously meant a huge amount to you and you had some tough times leading up to the big success when you look back on that that journey how does that feel (sighs) I genuinely think like the the tougher times help shape and define you and you learn so much from it and I think without those times you don't really know who you are as an individual and a team um and again it's a little bit like the the Saracens um game and a bit like when we went into 2014 it was like there was nothing that was ever going to stop us and there's that 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 feeling inside, and I've only had that twice. Um, no, three times I've had that. I had that in um, 2014. I had that in 2017 when we won the league, and we had it in 2021 when we won the league. It's just there's something that you can feel that you can't explain, that you just know it's gonna it's gonna happen. And and they were the three times that I felt like that. That was a hell of a squad of players that that you had with England to to do that, and you know so many of them now are are role models, and and if they were coming around now, their life would probably be quite different. But the challenges they experienced to get to that point brought you closer together, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, are we talk about twenty fourteen, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So if you look back at that year before, we had probably one of the worst seasons ever. So we were split at that time. We were doing sevens. So 
I was like a part-time there was I think I think the entire back line was apart from maybe one or two was doing part-time sevens for half of that year so we didn't play in the Six Nations um which is the year that Ireland won the Six Nations and I think we finished fourth so we had that bad time the sevens we didn't fulfill what we should have done there either we came sixth or fifth I think we came fifth um when we should have been in kind of a medal no, it wasn't. Wouldn't have been a medal. Just be one medal. Well cup. <laughs> um, so we did really badly at that. Then, literally, the sevens girls. We got back from Moscow. Sevens World Cup. Um, and five days later, um, if it, even it was that, it might have been less. We got on a plane to go to New Zealand to go on a, a three test tour in New Zealand. Bear in mind, we hadn't played fifteens. We hadn't been with the squad, with the team, anything. Um, we got on the plane, went to New Zealand. We lost in New Zealand three nil. Um, and like badly in terms of the first one got away from our second one. We we had won the game, but it was New Zealand and the clock was in red and Portia Wildman ran the length and then killed all our dreams off. So like we had such a bad build up into that that season and that year. Um and then all of a sudden like all of those moments led to us getting closer as a group. So even though it was really bad on pitch against in New Zealand, the closeness that brought us together off the pitch, it was one of the best tours for that. Um, and I think, you know, those defeats, bringing us closer together, trying to figure things out and work things out together, because it's easy when things are going well, right? And you don't really reflect as much. Um, but when things aren't going right, you really have to kind of dig deep into it. And I think that kind of was what set us on to for the rest of the season. Um I'm pretty sure, but we lost the Six Nations in 2014. So it's almost like, and then every year where we've won everything, so so that's the contrast. We lose everything going into 2014, win the World Cup. We then win everything in 2017, <laughs> autumn, Six Nations. We go to New Zealand, beat New Zealand, and then we lose at the World Cup. So my advice this year, <laughs> at least maybe lose one game. <laughs> yeah, have, have a stinker. And the... Ian McGeekin, on one of his speeches to Lions, talks about you'll meet each other in 30 years' time and there'll just be a look. Is that what it's like with that group? Yeah, and I think that came alive when we went to the Houses of Parliament and the 1994 squad was there. And they and Jill Burns was like, no matter what happens in life, this group has something special something in common that nobody can ever take away from you. And I think that was the real realisation. Um, and now you can kind of look around when, you know, likes of you know, all the players that were involved, you can think of them and know that we did something collectively special that we'll have forever. No one can take that away from you. And I think that's the look, that's the thing where you can go in a room and be like, yeah, we did that without even needing to say it or talk about it. Yeah, well, on that note, I've spoken to Rocky and Tamara and I'm trying to pitch to Channel 4 for uh, bringing the squad, a bit like the Friends reunion. Oh, but yeah. I, but I get to be James Corden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so that, that's the only that's the Are we only doing bit karaoke as well? Oh, well, yes. We could pick everybody up on the way, right? This is maybe going to have to be longer than an hour show. Maybe it could be yeah. a six-part series. Are you going to need to get a mini bus? I think it's going to have to be an open top bus for you. <laughs> <laughs> and you could you could be in charge of you could be in charge of hydration. 
oh yeah i'm good at that <laughs> i am polish after all so <laughs> that's where the vodka roots come from <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the very first in the best of series from the Happinesses podcast. Three magnificent people who have done great things in the game. And I've got absolutely no doubt are going to continue to do that. Tamara over in Sweden. Rocky still charging around the paddock and holding up the scrum. And Berth is back. Look out because the Harlequin women are trying to win it again. If you enjoyed that, please go back and listen in the archives to the full episodes of all three of those people. Great stories, great fun, and some pretty emotional moments in there too. If you enjoyed it, please tune in and register and subscribe and tell your friends and do all those things for Apple, Acast, and Spotify. You can also watch on Facebook and YouTube. My name is Bruce Aitchison. My happiness is egg-shaped. Tell your friends because we'll be back with lots more exciting episodes in the Happinesses podcast series. For now, stay safe. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and love's a circle with no end. No, it's not about this. Let's say, and he said happiness is egg-shaped. Um, happiness is egg-shaped egg and loves a circle with no end. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 